Welcome to the Positive Pants Podcast. Mindset, motivation, and inspiration to help you find your positive pants. Let go of negative thinking and stop living for the weekend with your host, Fran Excel. So welcome to the show. As always, it's Fran Excel Mindset Coach helping you find your very own pair of positive pants so you can get out of your own way and live a life that you love. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very grateful you've chosen to put me in your earbuds today. Please do hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything and do leave me a review. I love, love, love reading them and it really helps me get found by other people who need to hear what I share. I'd also love you to email me your mindset and productivity questions or topics you'd love me to cover um, to hello at franexcel.com because I know a lot of you think I'm inside your heads because you tell me all the time. But if I don't know what you need, I can't give it to you. So let me know. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Bounce Back series. I have an incredible guest today, the lovely Danny Wallace, Queen hello. E. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Tell my lovely listeners a little bit about yourself and what brings you having a chat with me or me wanting to have a chat with you <laughs> i love that you want to have a chat with me yeah. i'm properly made up you're like slid into my dms you're like on my podcast i'm like definitely oh. on your podcast fan excel <laughs> i'm here for you <laughs> so for those that I haven't met before my name is danny wallace and i am the queen bee which is quite a bold statement but it is the name of the, the, the i guess the movement is the best way to call it the community that i am growing uh, within the fe- particularly female business community, even though um, even though I'm an inclusive and we have king bees and royal bees as well, uh, yeah. but my specific area of of um, life and my online presence is based around speaking and public speaking. So I'm an international. <laughs> this sounds right, full of myself. Are you ready? I'm an international celebrity public speaking coach. Um, so I help. I know, right? <laughs> so I help particularly women in business, articulate their mission and business message so that they can reach more people and help more people and in return make more money. So that's kind of what I do. But I also have this incredible online community where we get to do all sorts of awesome things together, particularly cheerleading and, you know, supporting each other through challenges and what have you. So it's really epic. It's a really epic little community to be the leader of. So yeah, that's me. You've been been flying as a bee. That's what you do. Correct. <laughs> I just came out of nowhere, although I didn't come out of nowhere. So I, I've been building this brand and this sort of momentum for years. And then only when it was ready. So I do something called asset building. I teach people how to do this. So you get everything ready that you need. And then you can enter into a scene and, you know, you can turn up like a rock star, which yeah. is exactly what I did. And everyone was like, where the hell has Danny Wallace come from? I'm like, I was here all along. Here I was. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit, obviously with the bounce back series it's all about those moments in life where you feel like the world has crumbled around you and everything's gone a little bit wrong. The proverbial has hit the fan, shall we say, and we've come out in a different way. So we've chosen to handle things in a different way. And that's where these stories are really coming in strong for me, that inspiration, that motivation behind it and that hope for everyone else that may be feeling a little bit like that right now. So tell us a little bit more about your background. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast with you. When you told me what the theme of it was, it's so funny because it aligns so much with the stories that I tell anyways, being part of, uh, you know, being a motivational speaker is 
you know adversity in itself is is a is a thing but actually how you overcome that being able to share that message is so important so for me um it's everything started for me and everything that informed my decisions later on were really created during my childhood so i grew up and it's the you know typical rags to story i guess so my dad was an alcoholic who was on the council estates of preston um poverty mindset was the thing uh, you know people like us didn't go on to become entrepreneurs so to speak people like us didn't go on to become singers which is what i went on into i went to work into the entertainment industry um so i knew from a very very young age that i wasn't going to be able to pay to travel i was not be, i was not going to be we didn't people like us didn't do that but what i was going to do is i was going to travel so the first thing i did is i um I, I got employed abroad so i went all around the world i was singing all over the place i had some incredible experiences from lanzarote to brentwood tennessee uh singing in all sorts of different places um but i always had that kind of calling in the back of my mind and from my family and the people surrounding me was you know you need to get a proper job you need uh-huh. to come back and put some roots down because still people like us don't do that kind of thing. So I came back to the UK. Um, and because my growing up period had been relatively chaotic, so I'll say relatively, we weren't destitute, but we, were, we didn't have enough money to do things like holidays. We didn't have, you know, if the ice cream man came, the music was playing because the ice cream had run out. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that we, you know, we weren't able to afford any of the, any of the nicer things, I guess. Um, everything was all hand-me-downs from everybody around us. Um, so when I came back to the UK, I really, in my mind, wanted to create this sort of 2.4 kids situation. I wanted a husband and I wanted kids and I wanted a mortgage and I wanted to be, in inverted commas, normal. Even though there was absolutely nothing normal about me. <laughs> absolutely nothing normal about me. <laughs> but I got a job in the corporate sector. So I came back to the UK, I'd met somebody, um, we were kind of set up for that whole 2.4 kids situation. Really good job within corporate. I'd been talent managed um, with uh, Carphone Warehouse at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd started at the floor level. So we're talking sort of 2006, the rise of the call center, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody and their dog was working in a call center at that point. Um, but I was really quickly talent managed through because I was so good at customer service and um, complaints handling and leading that I ended up very, very quickly working within the HR facility doing training. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a really, really great job within the corporate sector and this partner and I was pregnant. We bought a house and then we sent out the invites to, um, to our wedding. And two weeks later, he woke up and he said, I don't want any of this, Danny. And he just left. Mm-hmm and we just had the baby and but like I thought you know we'd create this dream life together and it just wasn't what he wanted or what he was ready for and he and he left so that was really the first big curveball as a grown-up that I that I got dealt and you can imagine that you know left me feeling pretty vulnerable that ideal life that I thought was created and, and then it just wasn't it wasn't to be and you know to his credit it was right he did the right thing he wasn't ready for any of it Mm. um but that left me absolutely flawed absolutely devastated and completely with like lacking that sense of self-worth because a lot of my validity came from my romantic relationships and i think that happens a lot when you've got a tumultuous upbringing um you kind of seek to anchor Absolutely. When you get a bit older, yeah. And that was what I wanted to do. I kind of really wanted to drop it. I wanted some safety and some security. Mm. So I was feeling really vulnerable. 
And this often happens, and one of the things that I speak on is, is kind of the next bit. Uh, what often happens is when women particularly, and all this happens to all genders, but women particularly, when they have a relationship where they've been left and they feel bereft like that, it's very easy for them to fall into another relationship and for that relationship to not very healthy. Yes. And that happened very, very quickly. So I got into a relationship with somebody who absolutely showered me with affection, but very quickly that affection turned into possession. Mm. Um, and I ended up in um, a cycle of domestic violence with this guy. Mm. So it kind of culminated one night when he, um, he'd attacked me and I decided enough was enough. And by that point I had another child. So I had two small children under the age of three. Um, but it left me on my own. And all this while I'm holding on to this job by the skin of my teeth. This really great job. Uh, but all of this stuff is happening beneath. So I'm suddenly becoming aware of the fact that I'm making really poor choices for myself and my kids. And, and we couldn't afford to keep the house. So 2008, between 2008, 2010 was the real backlash from the housing crisis, from the recession, yeah. I guess, that whole, the sneeze that happened in the housing market that just completely I, I mean it's for want of a better phrase right now because I know that we're in the middle of a global pandemic but it's kind of what happened with finances back then was what happened now it, it was just it was insane what happened and I was essentially the victim of the fallout so I'd got like 110% mortgage with no deposit because I was one of the mm. last people that the banks were just throwing money at because they yeah. were being so irresponsible um and I had no way to maintain that on my own. So we, we, I ended up homeless. I was homeless on my own with these two kids, with Poppy and Daisy. Um, and bet so for about three months, we were sofa surfing, you know, going between families, friends. We had nowhere to stay. I was trying to maintain this job. Um, and it was really, it was all I could do was to keep the kids in nursery. It was all I could do. If you could just keep the kids in nursery and we've got somewhere to sleep at night, if it's, you know, I've got to stay at my mum's for three nights and then my sister's for another few nights because no one could have a small family of three yeah. and we weren't entitled because of my job to any help. Mm. And all of this, in my mind at the time, was the result of the decisions I was making. So I'm just beating myself up about it. And I'm going to and from London with this really high-flying job, but because I've got two young kids in full-time nursery and no financial help, I've, I've got a great job and I'm on the breadline. Yeah. Um, and one of the nights I was, I was leaving my kids at my mum's to go down to London to go and do some training down in London. And I took them in and I was feeling really low. And I just thought, you know what? I wonder if everyone's, if I'm just a burden, I wonder if everyone is better off without me. You know, these kids, God bless them, are being pulled from pillar to post and it's my fault. And I was in that, and so many people get there and I'm so glad that these conversations are happening now like the conversation between you and I Fran but at the time that mental health conversation really wasn't as high profile and as prevalent as it is now and I thought there was I didn't know that night whether I was kissing them goodbye or goodnight yeah and that kind of that's I, had, I sat in my car and I was just crying and I just thought I don't know what to do I don't know what to just drive away and then just leave everybody and that'd be it and then I decided that I was too scared I was too scared <laughs> thank god I was too scared to to leave or do anything stupid but they were definitely suicidal thoughts that I had and it was that real rock bottom moment and I had to decide in that moment, was life going to happen to me or was I going to happen to life? Because it couldn't go on the way mm -hmm. it did. And then 
from there, there was this decision that I was going to apply all these incredible things that I was teaching to these senior leaders of the board and directors and all these incredible people about strengths-based leadership and, mm -hmm. you know, mindset management. And you'll know this because this is, these are the, you know, part of your values mm -hmm. and start applying them to myself because guess what? They work. Great theories. I've done all this incredible training. I was doing all this incredible training and it's like the cobbler's shoes. Have you ever heard of the story yeah, yeah, of the yeah. cobbler's shoes? Right? So <clears throat> I was walking around with really crap shoes <laughs> and helping everyone else fix their shoes. So I decided I was going to take some time to, you know, work out what it was that I needed to learn to make things better. And that was really the point for me where it was really pivotal. Mm. And I think that's the thing that the commonality with all these stories is that decision-making moment, that point when you realize that it's not about blame, but it is about responsibility. It's not about beating yourself up about anything. It's like, right. Okay. Where I am, this is it. What can I do? What am I in control of? Where am I not taking responsibility and what am I going to do about it? Yeah. And it was that, and it was the bitterest, most bitter pill that I've ever had to swallow. It's the, so first was the realization that it was all my fault. And I say fault in inverted commas. I had to take responsibility. There were decisions that I've made and yes, in certain respects, I was a victim, but I was a victim because of the choices that I'd made, yeah. uh, you know, and that is not me victim blaming anyone. I want to be really, really clear about my language around this, that Things happened to me, they shouldn't have happened to me. Mm -hmm. I was in control and self-aware enough that I could have got out of those situations, but because of the nature of them, mm -hmm. and because my mental health had started to be affected, and I didn't know any other way to help myself at the time, it was just that, oh, this is all my fault. And then I had to stop being selfish and realize that actually I get to choose. Mm -hmm. I get to choose. I, I, I got to choose to put my key in the car and drive back home to go and hug the kids, to go and speak to my mum about how I was feeling, to then start putting the things in place that I had to take some time out of work, which I'd not done through all of this, yeah, to wow. start consuming the right things in terms of what I was feeding my brain. Stop mm -hmm. listening to music in the car on the radio and start listening to things like podcasts like this and start listening to audio books and start to fill my brain up with solutions instead of wallowing in my own self-pity, which is what I was kind of gearing myself towards, which is why I ended up where I did. Yeah. And it's that thing. You're so right. And I say this a lot on the podcast is be careful what you feed your brain. Yeah. If you're sitting there, you know, and sometimes the heart wants what it wants. It's fine. And like everything's all good in moderation, but if you're mm. sitting there and you're binge watching, you know, the Kardashians or, or something like that. You've got to think about the messages that that's putting in your brain. Yeah. And it's like you said earlier, like your childhood will have had so much of an effect. This is why I talk about self-sabotage because the majority yeah. of this stuff comes from when we're really, really young. So we have yeah. no idea that it's there, which is why the self-awareness piece is so, so key to everything. All change comes from self-awareness, you know, and yeah. it, it's that acknowledgement of actually, okay, well this happened, it's fine. That happened. It's in the past. I get mm. to choose now yeah. to challenge it. I get to choose mm -hmm. to change my narrative around it. And I get to change yeah. my story from here on in. Exactly that. Exactly that. And that it was, it, and it was in that moment. And in the months after, it was funny that you say that this, this choice, this mm. getting to choose 
and became really pivotal when it came to forming my business as it stands now and my branding as it stands now. So I was watching with the kids the B movie. Have you seen the B movie? I love the B movie. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. But get this, there's this quote, and it honestly, Franny, I had me clutching my pearls. I, there's this quote, <laughs> and it goes, and I'm paraphrasing, it goes along the lines of, um, bees aerodynamically should not be able to fly. Its little wings should not get its short, fat little body off the ground. And bees, however, don't care what humans think is impossible. They fly anyway. And that really became the message that, that, that was the golden thread through everything I did from really there on in. When I started to create this movement, when I started to speak, when I started to help people to speak, is it's really rooted in this sense of you get to choose to fly anyway. So what are you going to do? Are you going to hide? Are you going to not talk about what you do because you know closed mouths don't get fed if you don't talk about what you do then how on earth are you meant to be are people meant to know about you and how are you meant to help people because when you come through all that and you're in a position to help you've got to be able to open your gob and share it with people yeah. if you know and i know that this is again rooted in why you've created this podcast you've yourself have been through different things and you've got this amazing platform with incredible listeners now that you get to help with all these stories and it is it's it's rooted in that you get to choose what you do with this adversity you it it either eats you up and you know it, it destroys you or you get to pay that adversity not don't pay the adversity forward but you get to pay all your strength forward so yeah. exactly yeah, that's and, and that's just it it's kind of like i think i think when you go through what at the time and i keep i keep saying this where you go through the worst but i think what at the time felt like the worst because it never is it never is no perspective is huge as well and mm. it, it's not about a comparison about who's got it worse than who but it's mm. more about taking that big 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 life game-changing thing that's happened to you I don't think you can get through that and not decide to do something with it I think it's something that fundamentally shifts in you as a person but that doesn't mean that people can't learn from our mistakes and take our shortcuts so what would you say success leaves clues yeah right <laughs> so what would you say is the big if you could go back then the, the biggest thing and, and I'm not a believer in in changing things that you do but what do you right. think held you back from getting through it so what mistakes would you say you made the biggest mistake i made if i could go back to 2009 2008 2007 2006 danny and even pre, like before that when in my, in my teenage years it would be to absolutely trust yourself the thing is the way that I am as a person, so you know, like we know each other, even if we yeah. just know each other online, that I'm one of life's tiggers. I'm an eternal yeah. optimist. I love to see the incredible in things and not just the all right in things. And it is from a genuine place of gratitude and love and of joy. Back then, because of my surroundings, because of who I was surrounded with, I was seen as I was not credible because I was excitable. Mm. and even when I went into corporate um we would do personality profiling you know the four quadrants and Myers-Briggs type yeah. stuff and I, I would get pigeonholed right so I right so um I think I am I, I can't even remember because <laughs> I decided I was going to throw those markers in the bin because I get to choose 
I get to choose. I know what I lead with. If I'm on the quadrant, there, there are four, aren't there? So one is being results driven. The other is being details driven. One is being people driven. And the others I would like to call the fire starters. And I always fell into the fire starter category. Mm-hmm. And when you're surrounded by people who aren't that way inclined or who are that way inclined and don't do anything with it, it's very easy to dismiss the people who are like that. And I got dismissed a lot. So I would have really great ideas. I was very intelligent, did incredibly well in my GCSEs and didn't like academia. But I was dismissed and I found myself to be dismissed a lot because I was excitable, because I was a fire starter, because I would get everybody whipped up into a state of frenzy and then not really know what to do with it. So understanding that that I have value where I'm at I would go back to Danny back then and give her a big hug because god bless her she had a time of it I would give her a big hug and say you actually you know you know what you need to do you need to trust yourself because you've got value and I think it's a massively important message to anybody who I come across who wants to either work with me or they want to work with somebody they they always come to me in a position where they're like I want to be more like you I want to be confident and I only became that intrinsically peacefully confident when I started to totally trust that who I am is absolutely okay that I am indeed enough. And it isn't just a glib cliche. There's a reason why cliches are cliches Mm -hmm. because they hold truth time and time and time again. So it's not glib when I say you are enough. And I would love to go back to Danny back then and say, you are, you absolutely are enough. Trust that and build from there. So yeah, that would be the bit of advice I would give. Love that. Because it's so the same for me. When I tell people how I used to be, they're like, no nah. <laughs> I believe you and I love that you called yourself Tigger because I always referred to myself as Eeyore on a bad day <laughs> <laughs> and I may have a I Winnie the Pooh tattoo <laughs> oh, yes I love it but it, it's that whole thing and, and and something that I'm really really big about is helping people understand how much of this is a learned essentially it's a learned skill Every, yeah, people want a, that magic pill awesome. for confidence and it all comes from the doing yeah. You know, it's like people always say, like, when you want to lose weight, everyone knows it's eat less, move more. Everyone knows. Yeah. And yet there's these things that hold us back, looking for the shortcut, looking for that instant gratification. And it makes it hard because we're mm-hmm. hanging on to all this gump from all this other stuff. Yeah. From when we were young, things that have been said to us, things that we, you know, we see in our families and we're like, oh, well, that's not for us. That's for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I was the most unconfident little human in the world. <laughs> it's like, I had zero confidence. I genuinely, and I've said this on the podcast before, genuinely hated myself for mm-hmm. a huge amount of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any value that I had in the world. And this is a real common trend that I see in people, especially in entrepreneurs, when they have all the strategy and they can't move themselves forward because they're self-sabotaging themselves because yeah. actually analysis paralysis, paralysis they know everything yeah. Yeah. yeah there's something intrinsically that you need to heal within yourself around your own self-worth and this trust message is absolutely yeah. what keeps coming through um from the people who have been through the big stuff it's like you've got to trust yourself you've got to trust your gut yeah you've got to and, know and it's, it's right and you know there's there's lots of talk specifically in you know the coaching circles and the wider you know entrepreneurial space about you know things like the law of attraction and the secret and manifestation and all of that sort of stuff but you really do 
do attract to you what you work out and what you do. So when I, when I talk about sort of manifesting stuff, I manifest stuff because I make stuff happen because I do the yes. reps because yeah. I go to the gym with it. I don't go, I mean, I'm a larger lady. I don't go to the gym, gym. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it is definitely doing the reps. It is turning, starting with small things like affirmations and, your brain doesn't know the difference between what is actually real and what isn't real so starting with things like affirmations and growing from there uh, people are always really shocked when I share this sort of thing I know you'll find the same when you start sharing things like oh use affirmations visualizations get your brain in in the position Mm -hmm. when you can see where it is that you want to go instead of where you are now Mm -hmm. people think that oh I'm just going to think myself into being rich am I I'm just going to say oh I'm very rich and all of a sudden I'm going to win the lottery it's But having those steps in place allows you to take the necessary physical action to head towards it. And that's, yeah. it's massively important to do that. Yeah, hugely. And this is why I, I always, the, the main feedback that I get from people, because I talk about all of this stuff, and it's like, it's just the way you explain it. I link it with that little bit of fire in your belly, because the most, most people that talk about this stuff are very fluffy, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. and it makes it inaccessible it makes it seem like it's some wacky magic stuff but yeah there's a reason why people call it woo woo isn't it yeah yeah yeah. but when you can understand on a neurological level what you're doing when you can understand certain little teeny little parts of the brain that will absolutely work against you if you don't know they're there but you can 100% get them to work for you. When you understand this stuff, and I think that an episode that I did on affirmations was, was called Why Your Affirmations Aren't Working. People want to do this oh, stuff amazing. because it's one of those things that you see it everywhere. You said cliches are cliches because there's something in it. You know, this is a right. Journaling, meditating, affirmations, visualization. When you actually understand the science behind it, even just a tiny little bit, it gives you that motivation to actually go and do these things. And whenever people are going through through the big stuff, the first thing to go is the basics. Mm -hmm. Like with my clients in my mastermind, if ever they have a a wobble, which thankfully are not that frequent anymore. Yeah. When they do have a wobble, it's like, okay, what are you doing? This, 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 and this. And they're like, oh no, I've stopped doing that. It's like, okay, why have you stopped doing that? Well, that's the stuff you know makes makes you feel good. They're like, oh no, that's a really, really good point. Start doing it again. And it's almost like overnight things change but the basics are the first thing to go out the window yeah and the basics like you said the basics are the first things to go it's because they're the easiest so if you think it's easy it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the thing that's working so you don't attach the stuff that you find easy stuff you think that's hard is is the stuff that actually works actually it's the stuff that is easiest that works but it's the first thing you let go it's the path of least resistance yeah so they always easy to let that go because i could pick that up anytime i like that bit yeah and sometimes like it's people doing these things because they're going through the motions mm. rather than you know that busy being busy thing kind of I, I'm looking like I'm working on myself over here but actually I'm just kind of ticking a box yeah and that's the yeah. thing when you actually really connect with what you're doing and why you're doing it and why it's going to work for you it becomes so much mm. easier exactly mm. and this is like going back to you know when I sat and watched the B movie and I saw that quote and I thought oh this this is what I want to do I want to help people because I'd you know come out I'd come out of corporate work by that time and I was singing for myself full time um because I wanted to find joy in what I was doing and I'm, I've been a performer for years and years and years and I always remember crying in my kitchen um and, and crying to my husband 
a few years back and I was like the only place I sing now is in my kitchen and he was like well why aren't you singing anymore why aren't you doing that thing that fills you up like you're wondering why you're not finding joy in the things that you're doing it's because you're not doing the things that give you joy so why don't you try doing the things that give you joy so I started singing and then realized I had this whole chunk of time and this whole skill set in the middle where I could be helping people and that in 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 turn again gives me joy so I got like this really sweet spot where I was singing at the weekends mm-hmm. and I was like, creating this movement and all of a sudden I thought well isn't 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 success meant to be difficult isn't mm-hmm. it meant because I was when I when I when I grew up it was you've got to work hard for little gain you've got to work all the hours God sends and we're still not going to have any money at the end of it. And even for years when I was working in corporate, great job on paper, a great job. Mm. I still didn't have a pot to piss in. Sorry. I didn't know. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I done so well and not swore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Does sorry. That Does that count as a swear word? I don't really know. Don't, it's a phrase. It's fine. Think, it's a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I normally have to put a caveat on the start of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Like you let go of the things that you love. Singing's one for me as well. I'm nowhere near as good as you, but it's like that's my happy place. We should it's... do duets. Oh God, no. Who <laughs> knew? <laughs> Unless you're willing to do Disney. I'm down to doing Disney. Dance yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll have another conversation about that's happening. <laughs> I started um I started going and having singing lessons because I was like you know what? I've never done anything with this and I don't want to be famous I don't really want to do anything with it but I feel so myself so at home so happy when I'm just belting out a power ballad or a show tune or a Disney tune you know all of that stuff that is my sweet spot and the thing is that and, and again like I know within your work as well that will be where you find joy mm. And um, I was watching, uh, I was watching something on Netflix. It was incredible. Oh, I can't remember what it's about. Um, a woman of colour who creates hair products, and it's absolutely amazing. It's like five or yes, six parts. It's relatively. Sh- mm. Yes, it was so good, so good. Um, and it goes to you know how selling, you know, telling a story helps sell and all this sort of stuff. And one of the guys actually said, "Don't make money where you get your honey." And I'm like, that is so wrong. That is so wrong. You should be making money where you get your honey. You should be making money where you fill your cup up, where you feel the best, because that is where you can give the most. Um, And so, you know, like from from a performance point of view, I got to do that singing. I got to sing all over the world and, and still do, and it's awesome. And then from a speaking point of view, getting people to unlock that bit, getting people to make mm. that decision, getting people to step out, watching people that have never been going, like... We're doing a lot of work in helping people get speaking online at the moment because it's necessary. Because at the time that we're we're speaking right now, we're we're the majority of the way through a lockdown period from um, the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so a lot of people want to speak online and seeing people press the live button and going live for the first time. I'm like, man, that is just epic. And seeing people take make those decisions and 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 choose. You know, we were saying earlier about choosing to do something different, do something in a different way, trusting themselves, trusting their message. And it is just, it's a phenomenal thing to, to bear witness to. 
yeah definitely and that's the thing it's like and i've been doing this shh, don't tell him i'm mentioning this but with my husband because he's so anti anti social media anti all of this stuff and he's being asked left right and center he's a chef and he's an incredible chef he's being asked left right and center to do videos for people now in lockdown right, like cook-alongs yeah and he's like oh god i don't want to do it i don't want to play and i'm like look you're gonna do it you know, do it a couple of times and then you're going to be a it's second nature pro and mm-hmm. he does speaking and things like that and he's he's getting more and more comfortable with it but yeah. it's like people need to hear what you have to say because he's got this huge message to share yes. like he genuinely wants to change the world amazing and i'm like pe- people won't you won't be able to change the world if you don't tell him right correct correct <laughs> closed mouths don't get fed right so i was on the voice uh in 2014 2015 um well it would be amazing if they'd shown me but Aww. they didn't so what had happened was i'd gone through the scout i've been scouted i went through this whole process so what you see on the television is a very small snippet of what is a really lengthy process that sort of goes over about nine months so from uh, well, six to nine months so we started at the beginning of the year and then filming was in October. And in that time, we've been through all sorts of psychological tests, rehearsing with the band. They choose your song for you, like all sorts of stuff that we like to and throwing up from London. It was an amazing, amazing process. And then we got to the end and I was on the last day of filming. And they, what they didn't tell me is that I was, um, they'd already filled their spaces. So the, um, the coaches were not allowed to turn around. It was the year that Rita Ora, Will I Am, uh, Tom Jones, and uh, Ricky Wilson was in the lineup. So I went on, I sang my song, and this is it. This is my moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them turned around, and I thought I'd smashed it. And then none of them turned around, and then at the end, I mean, like Tom Jones had said, you know, I've got no criticism for you. He said I would have turned around, I wasn't able to. Ricky was like, oh, it's not really for me. Like I didn't really like the song choice choose the song uh, Rita Ora was like you sound like you're a seasoned singer I would prefer to work with someone younger I'm like cool that's fine she was 23 that made sense yeah. and then Will I Am um it's a ridiculous name drop isn't it Will I Am said to me um <laughs> I am going somewhere with this by the way he was like because oh, I'm stoically crying I'm still on the stage I'm dressed up to the nines I've just had my five minutes and failed in my mind completely failed mm-hmm. And he turned around to me and he went, why, Daniela, why are you crying? And I went, I've just blown my chance. And he went, you've not, what do you mean you've blown your chance? We are four people, four people out of seven and a half billion people in the world that didn't get to say yes today. So it's not that we wanted to say no, we didn't get to say yes. So you're going to tell me that you, you know, with this gift that you have, and it is a gift, and you're telling me after today, you're going to go away and not share that gift. Who are you not to share that gift? And this, and that really stuck with me. That kept me up for days. I was like, I get what he's saying. Who, you know, and he was saying, who are you not to be singing? And, but I say this to, you know, my clients all the time, to the people that come across me, my audience all the time. I'd say this to your husband if he was on the podcast. Yeah. Who, who are you? If you've got a gift and you've got, a, you've got something in you that you think can incite change, who are you not to so it becomes a responsibility it becomes something that and this is where you know with iatqb with the i and the queen b movement i couldn't not do it because i couldn't not help people because it's irresponsible of me if i'm in a position to help people where i'm not helping and then not help people 
And I think that that was really profound for me that if you've got a message and you've got something that you can share, who are you not to be sharing that? Yeah. Love that. He's a profound individual, that guy. Amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> he knows his stuff. Oh, God, he knows his beans does well. He does. No, I, love I, am. I love that. And this is the thing as, as well. Like, it is a responsibility. And this is one of the things that I say to clients all the time when they're not showing up or when they're not selling or telling people what they have to offer. I'm like, you've got these people over here who you can help and you're choosing not to. Right. And it really, really hits people. And they're like, wow, I hadn't actually thought of it that yeah. way. And it's the kind of, when I did with, um, with uh, Nikki for her visibility challenge, she was like, you know, what's your number one tip around visibility? And I was like, you've got, it's got to not be about you. You've got to overcome your ego. We've all got one. It's yeah. all, always going to get in our way, but you've got to think about that one person on the other side of your message that needs to hear what you have to say. And you could yeah. genuinely change your life yeah and it's so important and it's so do you know like when you step aside from the ego of it because i could wax lyrical on how wonderful of a speaker i am all day long <laughs> i'm a fabulous speaker i'm a, I'm a magnificent orator uh, but it isn't about me being a good speaker it's about me having some skills that i'm able to share to help other people become incredible speakers so that they can share their message and help the people that they want to help and yeah. you know um, even be, like being a part of this and being able to share that message and share this like moment with you it's like it's incredible I'm like, really grateful I love it I'm grateful too I'm always grateful we're just like a big gratitude filled <laughs> love fest right now yeah. but this is the thing though isn't it it's like when you do this work it becomes a way of life yeah. and even like tiny little moments become big moments yeah and that's the beauty of it it's like and it's not about things being great all the time because they're not it's how you handle it how quickly you can bounce back and what you want to take from it going forward yeah and then when you when you do get grateful and gratitude is a huge thing isn't it mm. uh, but when you do get grateful even if it's for the smallest thing like wait on the days when you struggle like what am i grateful for today like life is handing me some lemons and I, like i have no tequila nearby um <laughs> like what's going on being grateful for the breath in my body the fact that i'm still here the fact that i made that choice those years ago to continue allows me to find joy in the moment and then remembering that i'm always learning so if life is handing me lemons that day and there is no tequila nearby or vodka or whatever else i'm going to put with yeah. them lemons then what am i learning and try and find the joy in the learn and also allow myself to feel shitty for a bit yeah exactly and that's the thing. Like, sometimes, sometimes you do want a sushi roll into the diva. I'm always saying it. It's like people so often when it, they go down this journey of positivity or gratitude or whatever, like life changing, you feel like you can't have a bad day. That if you have a bad day, you've failed and you haven't because those negative emotions are there for a reason. Law of polarity. You need both angles to experience the good. You need the bad. Those yeah, everything's finite. Yeah, they tell you everything you need to know. They're indicators, key indicators of where you need to go next. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're not. You're, you're either winning or learning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are either winning or learning. Yeah. And it, again, it's cliched because it's true. Yeah. And you're only losing when you stop. Yeah. <laughs> and if exactly. you stop, then who helping? Not even yourself. So, yeah. you know. So what would be the number one thing if you wanted the listeners 
my glorious listeners, to take one thing from you, what do you want it to be? Show up. Show up for yourself. Just show up for yourself before anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're having a tough day and the only thing you can do is brush your teeth, then get up and brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. If that's the only thing you can achieve that day. And if you've got a big goal and you're stood at the bottom of the mountain and the only thing that you can do that day is survive the days, you're still a step closer. So you, it, the, what I would love you to take away is that, yes, I'm a purveyor and an advocate of taking massive action. I am. <laughs> like, I, like, I love it. I'm like, I've just ripped out my entire house because I got sick of not having things nice. So I've just, I didn't do it just by room by room. I ordered a couple of skips and I've thrown everything away. But, but there are some days and intensity is great, but recovery is important. So being kind to yourself on your journey. And if you wake up in the morning and you've got this big goal ahead of you and you go to bed at night and you've just done one tiny thing, to move towards it, then you are further towards it than when you woke up in the morning, even if it's just surviving that day. So, you know, the, it's very easy when you are considered one of life's motivators to, you know, the Grant Cordones of the world that like, you've got to take massive action every day and no, 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 no. It's all fuck off. It's exhausting. If you survive the day, if you're having a day where you don't feel great, allow yourself to not feel great. The world will still spin. Get up and show up again tomorrow. So yeah, show love that thank you so so much tell everybody where they can come and find you follow you what you're up to so you can come and hang out with me um in the iatqb hive which is my free online community uh we do all sorts of like fun stuff in there we do get to i don't I pride myself on having a bit of a laugh as well as doing the serious business stuff. I don't know if you've been able to like pick up on that so far. You can follow me on all of the socials, the Queen Bee Danny, particularly on Instagram. If you don't follow me, it's there at the Queen Bee Danny. And then on the 10th of September this year, we'll be having our fingers crossed as, as long as you know we're allowed to convene. We've got Be Inspired, which is our in real life celebration, motivation, inspiration event where um, some of my uh, graduates from my cohort that I've been teaching for the past six months we'll be speaking and we'll be just like ripping it up together and having incredible days it's the 10th of september in manchester love it thank you so so much again for sharing your story with us and i'm sure everyone is going to take something from this um amazing conversation and thank you and as always i will see you next week so if you got value from this and you know in your gut that now is the time to step up and start rewiring your thinking and changing things for yourself, then book in a free discovery call so we can work out what needs to happen to get you from where you're at right now to the action-taking success you know you can be. And if you want my eyes and ears on your problems, I work with people one-on-one and through my proactive pants mastermind. So stop waiting for if and when and decide to change things now because you can. And as always, I hope that was helpful. So any questions, just let me know. And as always, I will see you next week. Bye.